Growth Igniters Radio, Episode 22. What does it take to lead a growth company? This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And with me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Pam. It's great to be here with you, as always. And if this is your first time listening, the purpose of Growth Igniters Radio is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for leaders to take themselves and their companies to their next level of success. So, Pam, what are we talking about today? We're talking about what it takes to lead a growth company. You know, over the years, we've seen that it takes a particular mindset as well as strong leadership ability to successfully and rapidly grow a company year after year. And this is especially as the business environment keeps changing. That's true. So we're very happy to have with us today Sherry Spiro, president of AdMagic and Breaking Games, the largest and most successful independent printer in the U.S. of tabletop games, including the wildly popular Cards Against Humanity and other customized playing cards and board games. Sherry's company was recently honored by ACG New Jersey with a Corporate Growth Award at our association's 2015 Corporate Growth Conference and Awards event. That's really where I first met her. And around the same time, AdMagic was also recognized as number four in the Women Presidents Organization list of 50 fastest growing women owned or led businesses in 2015. Welcome, Sherry. Hi, Pam. It's great to be here. Yes, I have to say, congratulations again on all of these honors. Thank you. So let's begin by talking a bit about your own journey of personal and professional growth. Why did you start AdMagic? I mean, did you always want to be an entrepreneur, or did it come to you one day uh, through circumstances? How did it happen? Yes, actually, it was circumstance-driven because I was working for a printing company And I loved it. I really enjoyed it. But basically, that printing company went out of business while I was there working in customer service. And the bank actually came to me that was managing the the closing of the company, and they said, uh, we need someone to finish this $800,000 work in process that's on the floor. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, I know what needs to be done on the jobs because I I was a customer service person. And so basically... When I met with the bank, I cut a deal to finish the jobs, and that was how I became an entrepreneur. It was pretty much wow. an overnight step. I didn't really have a lot of choice. And I would say that circumstances, timing, and experience all came into play. If you had asked me what I wanted to be as a kid, I would have said the president of a record company. And okay. um, this is close, except we're producing and publishing games for people to play instead of music, and we're working with designers instead of musicians. So it's close to what I wanted to be as you know, as a youngster, uh-huh. but, but it was circumstance that came into play, yes. Yeah, entertainment, really, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. That's true. So when you founded AdMagic, of course, it was a very different company compared to what it is today. What made you decide to innovate and get into publishing games? Well, I, uh, when I founded the company, it was actually called uh, Imagics in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then uh, later in 1997, we changed the name to AdMagic. 
And at some point in my career of making promotional items, I fell in love with playing cards. And I started advertising playing cards very heavily. And it was the playing cards that actually led us into games with our first big game client, Cards Against Humanity. Mm-hmm. I could have stopped there, but I loved the industry and I loved the attitude of the people inside the industry so much that I actually began to fully concentrate on games. Ah, okay. Well, you know, our listeners actually may be especially interested in Fun Employed. I've been looking at these card games, and Fun Employed, uh, it says on the box here, the satirical job application party game where players make their best pitch for different jobs using four qualifications not fit for any real job interview. It's It has a lot of interesting elements to it. Creativity, uh, the ability to spin a good story, as it says. And I say all this because businesses are increasingly turning to gaming. Yeah, gamification. Gamification, is... just as a side note. So I think it's interesting that it's not just all about entertainment anymore, but it almost seems like edutainment. Getting people to think flexibly and, and to really use their minds. Do you see it that way? or? Well, we've done games for everybody from Intel to uh, White Castle to uh, courier companies to Symantec. Uh, so we've we've already been doing these corporate type of games for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, it started years ago with simple training games, and then it, it went into ice-breaking and communication skills games. There's a lot of team-building games that we have been involved with. Uh, we work with game labs and different universities that are developing games for different segments of the corporate world. So, yeah, we've seen it grow tremendously, and and it's really a... A great way if you have a staff to train or if you have a a new product launch that you're trying to explain. There's just so many different potential uses for games. It's fascinating, but it's something that I definitely see growing. So how has all of this impacted the growth of your company? Well, um, what's happened is because we printed a famous game, and it it started at the beginning of the, um, the innovation of Kickstarter, What's happened is we've gotten a reputation for being reliable and being delivery, you know, conscious and conscious of the needs of the gamers because uh, the game designers, they have very unique needs as clients. So we've, uh, we've pretty much concentrated in that area and we've gotten a good reputation. It's helped grow the company because it's, it's a terrific word-of-mouth business. Okay. And you've got actually lots of different segments to your company. So you've got a lot of balls in the air. What's the top lesson, Sherry, that you've learned about how to use innovation in multiple parts of your company for driving your your growth? Well, it's interesting. Once you've decided to pick a direction to innovate, you really need to get your entire staff on board with that innovation. And that was my primary goal once I was sure that games were the thing that would drive our profits and our growth for the next years to come. So getting the staff behind the changes I wanted to implement was key to changing the culture of the company itself. Mm -hmm. Culture, as we know, fuels innovation. So our culture has always been one of hard work. And uh, loyalty and innovation really became a big part of it because everyone bought into it early on. And the way that I had them buy into this was by bringing them to trade shows and having them actually meet the clients personally. 
Mm-hmm. It made all the difference in the world for the staff to see and speak with the designers, so they became more in tune with the designers' needs, and they were less resistant to some, you know, they, there was a lot of resistance in the beginning to some of the changes mm-hmm. and constant, quote, revisions that the staff had to deal with. But once mm-hmm. they understood why these people were changing their games over and over again and why they needed different levels added to their quotes, once they understood the basis of Kickstarter and the needs of the designers, they, it, was, it was an amazing change that came over the entire staff. So for well, you, you what, what I, it sounds like is that loyalty was a real critical component for you in driving innovation. It is a critical component. And, and the other thing that's important is that the employees have to see the meaning and the fulfillment in the work mm-hmm. that they do. So if somebody's in order entry and they never wind up seeing a finished product, they don't understand what they've contributed to. So one of the big things we do is we, we get samples of the games in the office and we encourage the employees to play the games and become familiar with them because it's rewarding to them to see the finished product that they help mm-hmm. make. So that's the other side of it, when you can understand and see in a concrete way how your innovation results in something that is uh, so valuable, then it, it's a virtuous cycle, I guess. Exactly. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll speak more with Sherry Sparrow of Ad Magic about what it takes to lead a company for substantial year-on-year growth. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and growth. And if you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 22, and use the share links for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about us. Use hashtag growthigniters. This will help extend our reach to all of the people who can benefit from this series. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Sherry Spiro, president and founder of award-winning Ad Magic and Breaking Games, about what it takes to lead a highly growth-oriented company. Sherry, how can people find out more about your companies and games such as Cards Against Humanity and Fun Employed? Well, um, they can go to admagic.com or BreakingGames.com. Okay. So let's continue our discussion. We've, we've talked about how you started up and some of what it takes to engage uh, employees with innovation and growth. We've also uh, talked a lot in previous times about something that you call responsibility. Can you tell us what you mean by that? Well, I, I break that into two parts, responsiveness and responsibility. In my opinion, in this speed of light environment that we're all working in, a company needs to be able to both respond quickly and take responsibility for their actions. So with regard to responding quickly, our staff can turn around pricing and jobs very, very quickly. We can respond to the needs of designers in time because everything is a deadline with with game design. There's Mm -hmm. a life cycle that has to be met. 
But not only can we respond quickly, we also take responsibility for things that could possibly happen. So, for example, we take responsibility for the job we produce, and we go above and beyond to protect the clients from extra fees. For example, if a custom exam comes up, if a container gets pulled over and there's a custom exam on, on their job, mm-hmm. we don't charge them for that or, you know, um, within reason. I mean, we'll, we'll lay out thousands of dollars to protect them because, number one, it doesn't happen that often, and number two, it could destroy a Kickstarter. You know, $2,000 could be their whole profit margin in that Kickstarter. So mm-hmm. we try to protect the clients. Um, if something's wrong with the job, we fix it. We want them to feel safe, so we take responsibility. And we don't just take responsibility for the clients. We also take care of our employees and their needs. We feel a huge responsibility to our staff. And because we put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, and we do take care of our staff, and we give them what they need to be comfortable, they can work in a more stress-free way. They don't have to worry about, you know, paying their bills, their bills should be covered. If somebody has a job, in my opinion, if it doesn't pay enough to cover their bills and they have to get a second job, then we're failing as a Mm. company in providing them employment. Okay, so Sherry, when you talk about responsibility, in some ways, some might say it's like empowerment. Is it is it similar to that? I mean, you're talking about being able to take charge and, and get things done, if I'm understanding correctly. Is that right? Correct. Well, we empower not only the designers, but we also empower the staff. We, we ah. do whatever it takes to empower. We have to empower everyone that we're working with, because the more these people have control of what's going on, the better the job is going to run, the better the game is going to do, and, of course, the better the company is going to run, because the people on the staff feel comfortable. They have what they need to be successful. They're not overburdened by worry where their next dime is going to come from, what if their child gets sick, you know. These things, we try to go above and beyond to make sure that our people don't have to worry about that. They have enough to worry about. Yeah, they do. And what you're really saying here is that by taking this attitude towards your people, uh, you are creating this sense of loyalty that, you know, you go to the mat for me, I'll go to the mat for you and for our customers. It's so true because, you know, my staff has already gone to the mat for me. They went to the mat for me in 2009 by staying with me through the hardest of times. So the promise in 2009 was when we turn this around, because as a team we will turn this around, when we turn it around we will all reap the benefits. And I've been true to my word. That's great. And you've also talked to us about uh, your focus on looking down the road and seeing what's coming. Uh, you've said you want to be the disruptor in the marketplace, not not the person who's disrupted. Tell us a bit, little bit about what that means to you and how this plays out in ad magic and breaking games. Well, it's interesting because, you know, uh, specifically with the publishing part of it, um, we came into the industry as an outsider looking in, we were coming in from the manufacturing standpoint and um, then going into publishing from there rather than starting off as a publisher. And so the way I looked at the industry uh, was completely different than I think most people do. And the idea of looking at an industry as a diff- in a different way is something that really excites me. Because mm-hmm. if I see something broken in a model, I don't want to follow that model. Ah. Mm. 
and I saw certain things wrong in game publishing when I began to study it, and I'm working hard to create a new model for my company and my clients because I think we can do better. I think a true partnership rather than just a publisher uh, licensee relationship is something that enables the company to gain IP and gain loyalty in the same way as we gain loyalty from our staff, mm-hmm. okay, because we become, we become a tighter-knit organization by bringing the game designers in as partners on their game. So rather than just licensing and say, okay, we want your game for three years, and then if it doesn't do well in three years, you know, well, we're going to release it, and you can do whatever you want by then. Well, that to me is not the way to go. If I'm going to invest, you know, thousands of dollars in a property, I want to be around it for years to come. I want to have a life with that property, and I want to build it, and I want a commitment. I want to commit on my end, and I want the designer to commit back to me. So that's the first thing we're trying to change. And, um, and that is going to lead to other changes that we're doing. Uh, for example, uh, right now most of the contracts that you see for publishing have a clause in there for auditing. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to do what I want to do, I, I'm not going to have time for hundreds of people to audit my books. So rather than having auditing, we're building a system for real-time reporting. So mm-hmm. the people on their cell phones can see what their sales are daily. There's no need for auditing. It's automatic. Hmm. So rather than auditing, we went the automatic route. Rather than licensing, we're going the partnership route. And so we're doing things our own way. Do we think it's going to work? Yes. Do we know for sure? No, it's never been done before. But a disruptor keeps doing things their own way until they actually change an industry. And that is what I really hope that Breaking Games is going to do in game publishing. That's very exciting. So is that how you uh, distinguish breaking games from AdMagic itself? Just to clarify. AdMagic is the printing and manufacturing company. Breaking Games is the publishing company. And what that really means is the publishing part is promoting and marketing and designing and handling the game. So if you could liken it to a record company, it's, it's the people that get the, they get the, music played. Well, in the same way we get the game played. We're bringing mm-hmm. the games to conventions all over the world. So we'll bring games to Germany and Australia and Seattle and New York and Chicago and Dallas and introduce them to people all over the country, all over the world. So that's what we're doing with breaking games. We're literally breaking new games into the marketplace. We're also meeting with retailers and we're meeting with wholesalers and distributors to find new ways to partner with them so that the designers can actually make some money on their games. You know, some of the bigger companies pay the designers like 5% of wholesale, which comes to very, very little. So what you're really doing is saying, let's look at this as in a holistic way, and how can we really make it work better for everybody, and that way everybody wins. Exactly, because if everybody wins, everybody's happy, and why would they, why would they want to do anything else? And this is a lesson that can be applied across any industry. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Sherry Spiro about things you can do starting as soon as you're done listening to support growth as well as entrepreneurism. Stay with us. Is listening to Growth Igniter's radio providing you with new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas that you can use to take your company to its next level of success? Well, if so, imagine how much more you and your company could get from a highly customized, in-person Growth Igniter's event as part of your next company offsite. 
Go to growthignitersradio.com, click Contact Us at the bottom of the page, and we'll get back to you to discuss how we might best help you to achieve your most important goals. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Sherry Spiro, president and founder of Ad Magic and Breaking Games, about her company's growth story and her unique and highly innovative approach for leading rapid and disruptive growth. Sherry, how can people find out about your company's uh, easiest way is to go to admagic, A-D-M-A-G-I-C dot com or to breakinggames.com. Okay. So now we've come to a part of Growth Igniters Radio that really has become our place to share immediately useful ideas. That's good real. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we're starting to come up with a name for it here. Uh, but it's to drive, in this case, higher levels of successful growth in everyone's company. So, Sherry, based on your experiences, what is the first thing that you would recommend? Number one, find the thing that makes you passionate, the idea or the activity that you never tire of doing, and then try to find a way to capitalize on that. Because if you love it and you get excited about your growth, that has to be step one, because you will never tire of growing it if you love it. So in your case, it was the entertainment focus of sorts. Is that right? In my case, it was printing in general. I love that to begin with. But what Mm -hmm. really got me excited, what really led to this new level of growth was the games. Uh. Playing the games, meeting the designers. I got so excited about the way that the people in the industry interact and they share. They share their ideas. They're not afraid to share. Look at my Mm -hmm. new game. It's not, you know, I haven't copywritten it yet. But no, look at my new game because you know Mm -hmm. what? You can steal rules, but you can't steal the overall concept because even if you do, it's never going to be exactly the same. So that's what I loved about the industry. It made me so passionate because they share ideas freely and they're, they're just all coming from a great place of excitement about their game. And you never know what the next great, big, super successful game is going to be. It could be the one thing you never thought would be successful. So uh, being open-minded and being passionate about it has just given me a much higher level of energy than I've ever had. Sounds like every day is a new adventure, huh? It is. Very exciting. Okay, what's another thing that our listeners could start doing right away? You have to get your staff excited about your idea, too. I mean, even if it's only one person on your staff, you have to have somebody who's on board with you. You have to get that support so that you can grow the thing. And, and if, you're, if you try and you can't get somebody excited about the idea, maybe it's the wrong idea. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it should be so contagious that they see it right away. Because mm-hmm. your, your level of passion for it is, is so strong and you have a clear vision. Because when you're passionate about something, the vision comes with it. Okay. Um, and then I think one, one other thing is, uh, even if you don't have staff, but you can hire outsiders to bring your company to a, a new level because they will always give you input from an objective outside perspective that you may not get from people who are too close to you. And so I think it's always good to bounce your ideas off of an outside professional. 
if possible. That's true. Well, we, we're big advocates of that. But you know what's really interesting, because I do know you, is the level of innovation and connectedness that you have with your outsource providers, such as manufacturers. And I think that's that's a fascinating piece as well when you talk about getting your staff involved, because they really are your staff in a sense, although they are separate, right? No, it's true. I, I You know, my designers, I, I have two designers who have basically branded the company, and now they're moving on to branding the games. And as we started working together, we were feeling each other out, and the work started, you know, very simple. The Ad Magic logo, the initial logo, uh, looked very corporate. It was very nice. And um, I said, okay, well, this is a good look for us. And then we moved on to, to more things, and then, you know, letterhead standard things. Then, then I started to get a little creative with them, and I said, hey, and I threw things at them. I threw games at them, and I threw other um, ideas and uh, trade show advertising, and they started getting more and more excited. And then after about a year, they said, we really don't want to work for anybody else. We just want to work for you. Can we have some sort of an exclusive arrangement? And I said, uh, yeah, that works for me. So um, that is, that's the kind of relationship I, I want to have with everyone who works with us because we just, you know, we get, a, we get into a symbiotic relationship. It grows mm-hmm. us both. And we all get excited about it, and we can see a future in it. Mm-hmm. And that's the most exciting thing, is you can see the picture coming together with all these different people. So it's really bringing everybody together and, and being very holistic and organic. And it's not, well, this is my company, and you're going to do what I say. It's, this is, we're in this together. Yeah, there is a little bit of, you know, you have to do what I say, because in the well, end, somebody has to call the shots, right? right? So you do have to have that backbone that says, you know what, your idea is good, but we're going to go with this idea instead. Because you do have to have that strong compass of where you're heading. And, and this you is do a have company. to lead. However, yeah, it's, it, it's how you finesse that decision. It's how you get your way when somebody specifically wants to go another way. And, and also about acquiescing to somebody else's idea if it's better. You know, you have to have the strength to say, you know what, I thought about it, I was wrong. You really, we really should do it your way. So mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a very, you know, it's a very sensitive thing, but as long as you give it enough thought, all right, okay. you, you really go with your gut, I think that the right decisions can be made as a team. Focused okay. flexibility. Great, great terminology. Good. So, I just made it there up. There you go. Okay. So we've talked about focus. We've talked about uh, the passion. We've talked about uh, relationships, uh, focus, flexibility. What is one more thing? Oh, well, the, the big thing is uh, I, I can actually uh, give you a couple of things. One thing is you have to have a tremendous amount of energy. Okay. You really do because leading people can sometimes be draining. There will be times when people come up to you and they start pouring out negativity, okay? You have to be able to turn that around and you have to have a tremendous amount of energy in, in, inside as a store against anything that's going to drain that energy. So that's, that's very, very important to me. So I try to keep my energy level very high by taking care of myself. The other thing is you have to remain positive and, and keep that capacity to feel awe and to get excited and then to communicate inspiration, so when you surround yourself with people who believe in you and, who, and people who are supportive and truly are loyal, it's, it's incredibly exciting. Um, and then, you know, organization would have to be the number one thing. You have to be organized above all else. 
You mm-hmm. have to answer those emails, and you have to, you know, get the correct systems in place. And you have to reach out beyond your comfort zone into the future and beyond and think as far down the road as you can picture without losing sight of the present. So I would have to say, besides passion, you have to have a lot of energy and a lot of organization. Sherry, do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to leave us with on what it takes to lead a growth company? I think that taking chances on your ideas and then following them through is the single best thing you can do for any company. Uh, Taking my ideas to venues all over the world has been one of the most exciting things I've ever done, and I look forward to continuing this journey with the most supportive staff and family that anyone could ever have. Well, we appreciate uh, your thoughts, and thank you again for being our guest today on Growth Igniter's Radio. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for that catchphrase. I'd like to be able to borrow that uh, focused flexibility. Down You've the road got if it. I could. <laughs> it's copywritten between us. We'll share it with you. There okay. you go. <laughs> okay. Thank you all right. so much. Well, thank you. And thanks to you all for listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, and find out about next episodes or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 22. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. So how can we increase our flexibility and responsiveness to the growth opportunities that are right in front of us today? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.